FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? What's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. Condolences on the bear. Condolences on the bear attack, by the way. Okay, that was... The, I, I was it yelling was at my TV. Why'd you go outside? <laughs> oh. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, okay I'm here to defend McAdoo. Okay. Having Ramit run over <laughs> Troll Train is like my worst nightmare. Savachi and I, we've never been better. I'm just going to try to get my wife back together because it's it's complete shambles right now. Ooh. <laughs> Why guy's an idiot. Complete moron. McAdoo's a fucking idiot. He was a coal miner or something. <laughs> or, 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 or. Well. 43 seconds. 43. I don't care. Could this kid. We don't always get what we want. I wanted to be 6'5 as well. <laughs> We got Don there. They call it the Armega Killer. 
You got to get pookie them titties, man. Do the right thing. You've got a platform to do this. Segment was a little bit, a bit painful. You know but. what, Charles? So is childbirth. But eventually, what produces a child is is yeah. a miracle. You know, when you're running across a track and you're on a dirt bike track, you kind of got to look out. Well, my '86 YZ250 was a ripper. Yeah, we are back with another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I hope you boys and girls are ready. I know I am. Uh, this week, it's episode 456 with Charles Caslew from 100% Goggles. Not X-Brand, but he's still a cool dude. Uh, he was in studio, and then on the phone, we had Cameron McAdoo, Brandon Haas, Adrian Siomo. hope I say that right, Don Maeda. I had a couple of special guests, including Cade Clayson, the Seven Deuce Deuce, and Chris Kiefer, and of course, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing Calls In. And we actually, we get some future headlines this week. I don't know about you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We'll get to it. But before we get to all that, on the line, brought to you by Seal Savers from the Moto Limited show all the way from Australia, Mr. Trent Marr. What's up, dude? Hey, Doc. I just uh, down under here, ready to wrap up this episode of the Pulp Truck. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad you're here. Your your co-host, Nick, is the guy that generally helps me out with uh, notes in case I miss anything. He 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 dropped the ball this week, didn't come through, so we're really yeah, lucky. He, he used me, I think, because I was coming on. He used me to do the notes, so well, probably what it was. The, the wrap-up fans, uh, yeah, sent some... Sent some some hate mail to, to Nick because we almost didn't happen, thanks to Nick. But Trent saved the day, as well as our next guest that I'm really excited to introduce you to. Uh, brought to you by Guts Racing, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Well, I'm about to say Mrs. Trisha Olson. What's up, Trisha? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Another female guest. Who would have thought this many women listen to the Pulp Mech show? It's awesome to have you on. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, obviously, you guys know I'm Dark Side from the Moto X Pod show, and I'm brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Uh, Trisha, I want to get a little bit of background on you. You uh, you said you're an office lady and the wife at PDR Performance, which is a uh, race tech and an intense uh, cycles dealer. Yes, yes, we are. We've been. Uh, uh, my husband actually started PDR Performance back right out of high school. Um, we were driving first world problems. We're driving like an hour to get our suspension done and he just got sick of it. So he kind of started doing his own thing. Um, it turned into a bit of an oversized hobby. Uh, we got a big <laughs> shop now. Uh, we're a race tech center, um, intense dealer. Uh, we're a Cobra dealer now and we also do thump star. So, uh, we go track side every weekend. Uh, we actually work at an indoor track in Wisconsin too, in the winter time. So every weekend, that's kind of what we do. Yeah, you guys are heavily involved. I read through the, the notes you sent me. You also sent me notes about the show, sent me notes about yourself. But you, you've you been in the moto industry for a while. It sounds like you know about it. How long – let's actually change this question. How did you discover Pulpamex, and what keeps you coming back? Oh, my gosh. I discovered Pulpamex because my husband and our buddy that lives in our basement and then a couple of, <laughs> okay. a couple of our All other right. buddies – yeah. All I ever heard throughout the house was Rick, Rick, Rick. <laughs> and okay, that's kind of where it started for me. And then I'm like, what the heck are you guys talking about? What is going on? Yeah. And now I work in the shop and it's on all day, every day, either pulp, coffee with the kefirs, whatever, something's on. So that's kind of where, uh, where my background comes in for that. So it sounds like, so the Rick, Rick thing was two years ago, uh, 2008. 19 
So you yep. haven't been listening that long, but uh, you're you're all in now. Yeah, I mean, when we when you live moto, you kind of just are all in all the time. Yeah, you sent me a on your in your message. You said uh, you have two dogs, Mookie and Endo. Yep. So we know Steve yep. and Pookie will love that, and that your family <laughs> basically eats, sleeps, and shits moto. So yep, DV style. Now Trent. You're all the way over. You're a you're a A rider, or maybe you consider yourself an XA rider in Australia, doing your own podcast. Uh, did the your idea and you know you wanting to start a podcast come from Pulpmex? Was that where kind of you got the the bug, kind of like I did? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, I mean, myself personally, I was you know doing a lot of racing and riding and a lot of downtime in between. And I, I don't know how I discovered Pulp. I was trying to think about this the other day, and it just. I must have seen a post, and then, yeah, I, I just got hooked, loved it, every show. I mean, I've listened to every show since. I think I'm about four or five years deep now, and even going back into the archive stuff just to catch up on some of those inside jokes that we get yeah. as part of the Pulp Show. Um, and then, yeah, it sort of helped inspire me to do my, my thing here, and, you know, he does a lot for privateers, and that's sort of, you know, for me down here, I was a privateer, so I, I try to do a very similar thing in helping out those guys, giving them the exposure that they deserve also. Awesome. All right. Well, look, we're here to talk about episode 456. Charles Caslew, uh, a guy that I've, is a buddy of mine, you know, um, obviously works for a different brand of goggle than I support, but a great, great guy, a, a great guest. Um, Trent, you had some thoughts on him. You, you sent me some on your notes of what you thought of him, but give me your, your thoughts as a co-host from Charles Caslew. Yeah, Charles is cool. Like, he's been in the industry for a long time. He knows yeah. he has from his knowledge and experience. But just even the way he talks and he comes across um, when he's putting his points out there and in his voice, like, you could just sit there and listen to him. Like, it's not it's not one of those voices that's you know, hard to listen to. He he talks really well. And, I mean, yeah, just his knowledge and, and what he's been in it, too, as a writer. So it's really cool to get that side of it from him. Trisha, how about you? Do you like this episode? Do you like Charles? Chuck? Yeah, I did. I like I liked him a lot. He was uh he's pretty even keeled. He's like seemed like the type of guy that you can't get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was good. He had some good insights. Um all right, so this show, look, it's Pulp MX. It's a moto motocross supercross show. They talk about the racing, but this episode in particular, like I barely even want to touch on the racing topics they talked about. There were so many awesome segments that with so much content, we're going to get to a lot of it. Uh, what I want to start with though is some racing and the camera Cameron McAdoo incident with the medic troll train. Look, we all saw it. We heard what they had to say. Let's listen. Uh, I got people on my Twitter saying that McAdoo should be uh, yeah, the DQ'd, hung, yeah, banned from the race. Right. Sport. Come on. There was no red flags between yeah. him and that medic at any point. Like he had no idea. Yep. He knew there was a red cross. Yep. So in that situation, you single the, you single the, the jumps. Yep, yep. You single the jumps. Right. I will come down a bit on him that if you watch it back, like the gap between uh, Cooper, him and Cooper, yeah. shrunk. The medic stepped in front of him. There was nowhere he, for him to go. He, really, he, the, if there's a blame pie, it's sixty forty. Yeah. Damn it. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe even 50-50. Like right. What? You cannot put that much. You can't put that much blame on him. It wasn't his fault at all. McAdoo? Like maybe ten percent. He hit a. 90, he 10? hit a medic. He hit a medic because a medic ran in front of him because the AMA put a tough block in the middle of the damn track. You know, I think it was just more McAdoo focusing on what the task mm. at hand was. You know, and and kind of 
just uh, making a, a mental mistake. I don't, I don't really blame McAdoo too much for that. You know, when you're running across the track and you're on a dirt bike track, you kind of got to look out. It really sucks being a part of that. And we, I did not, was not presented a red flag at that point. Right. The race was not red flag for me. That's something that's not arguable. And mm-hmm. also that the whole, the situation was wrong. I thought I did the best thing I could do. Like, all right, Trisha. So we heard from uh, Caslu, Mathis, Cade Clayson, Adam Intonap, and Cameron McAdoo. Um, I I don't agree with their blame pie with with Caslu or Steve. But let's get your thoughts on what they talked about their their parts of this conversation, and of course Cameron's response and how he handled it. I felt really bad for Cameron. I was listening to him, and I felt like he put way too much blame on himself. Like really my blame pie is 50, 50. That's kind of how I looked at it. If he hadn't been presented a red flag, it's just kind of one of those things. And I watched, I watched the video three, four times, you know, and it's like that flagger almost pushed him down into the rider into Alex. So I don't know. That's kind of where I was at. I felt like he put way too much blame on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so I, I did. I also disagree with you. I think they're get, putting way too much blame on Cameron, in my opinion. I don't believe. I don't agree with Cade that there's. He takes no blame. Trent, what do you think, man? I mean, they most of those, the guys in the guys in the studio, Stephen uh, Charles, were pretty close on their blame pie. Uh, and then, of course, Cade was way the other way. Where do you stand? What do you think of how they handled the conversation? And I'll, I want to know what you thought of Cameron's Cameron taking responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I'm with. I think I'm with Steve and, and Charles on this one. Like, I think it's fifty fifty. It's just a wow. Un- okay. And yeah, unusual set of circumstances. Like, it all just culminated in this one incident that we've now talked about over and over, and everyone's got so many different opinions. But I think it's just everyone kind of has a percent what it is. It doesn't really matter. It just happened, and that's what it is. But you know, for, for Cameron to come on and talk about it the way he did, like that impressed me so much of how how in-depth he went through about his thought process and then also trying to think of what was going through the medic's head at that time as well. And you knew he thought about it a lot and what he had to go through on the line as well. Like, you know, sitting on the line thinking about, I just ran over a medic and I've run over, you know, Amart at the same time. All that stuff going through his head. Like, he really broke it down and he come on on the show and spoke about it and gave his full opinion. Took all the blame on himself, which, I, again, I don't believe he should take a lot of it, a little bit, but not a lot. But, man, he was so good, and that really, really impressed me from Cameron. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it's funny. In the last few weeks, there's been controversies at a lot of these races. This week we had Cameron come on and take care of the, the issue he was involved with. We had Vince Freeze on a couple of weeks ago that came on after a big incident he was involved with. And then Dino, the week before Vince, uh, Steve's killing it on t- handling all the drama that's been going on in the races. But like my thought, I just think it's a lot less percentage on McAdoo. Like he said, he didn't have the red flag. He never saw a red flag. So in his mind, he's still racing. Yes, there's a red cross flag. Yes, they're supposed to be rolling the section and maybe like Charles said, he, he went a little faster trying to, to make up some time in that area. But I just put about 10% blame on him. That's about it. I just, I think, I think he should have been looking ahead, which he probably was. And he, I doubt he expected that medic to bolt in between him and Justin, but I think most of it's on the medic and not having red flags in that section. There should have been red flags flying. Uh, it's easier said than done when you're, you know, armchairing it, but 
I, I did get a lot of respect for Whackers. Um, now, <laughs> the nickname, they didn't know where it came from. Trent, you said you have a little insight into that. You're Australian. The, the Reynolds, uh, or the Reynolds, the uh, Lawrence brothers, obviously, from your, your, from Australia. What, what's Whackers? Tell, tell us. Well, it's, it's more of an, an Aussie slang thing. Like, we seem to shorten things. Like, McDonald's to you guys is Macca's to us. Um, you know, it's just a, and they're probably trying, like, he's, he's riding style, like, he has been quite loose and, you know, gets it done on a, on a motorbike. So they're just like, he's, he's a bit whackers, like, he's, you know, out of control. He's, he's getting loose. So it's more of an Aussie slang thing, which okay. uh, it's funny how you guys are trying to ask. And I'm like, it's just, it's just the way in Australia we shorten things down and make it a lot sound a lot more complicated but it's trying to make it easy to say at the end of the day so would a ray be whackers yep yeah he could be referred to as as well it's more just yeah it's just you know he's it's yeah he's out of control he's he's a little little bonkers you would say awesome awesome okay so I'm really glad that Cameron came on. I have a lot of respect for him. I think Steve handled the whole thing well. I, I really enjoy him. I've talked about this the last few weeks. I enjoy Mathis getting these guys on and and talking about this drama or these things that happen and getting them cleared up. Well, maybe maybe we get them cleared up. Maybe we don't. At least we get the the opinions and the thoughts from the people that are actually involved. Um, another okay. So Wackers took responsibility. I think we all have respect for people that do that. There were some other people that came on the show. Eh, maybe they didn't take so much responsibility when they should have, Trisha. Uh, we had another segment that Caslu said this about. Segment was a little bit, a bit painful. You know but. what, Charles? So is childbirth. But eventually what produces a child is, is yeah. a miracle. I don't know how Steve knows how painful childbirth is. <laughs> Uh, Trisha, but they were discussing the the drama that became between Adrian Siomo from Ride Engineering and Don Maeda from Swap Mode Alive. Uh, and Caslu said, hey, this should be like a regular segment, like squash the beef kind of segment. Steve, I have an idea. One of your sponsors that you don't really necessarily promote all the time is R Jerky. I say we have the R Jerky, we have beef segment. I like it. I think that's a, a go. You can pay me for it later. We'll work that details out. But on the R Jerky We Have Beef segment, Trisha, this whole argument, this whole topic made me feel like I was watching 12-year-old girls fight in middle school. Yeah. Yeah, I called it the uh, the 50-plus Mean Girls Club. Yes, you did. Um, I like that. Yep, yeah. Which one was I Lindsay would... Lohan? Well, man, that's a tough one. I don't know. I would say it's Adrian on that one okay. for sure. All right. Yeah, I would say it's Adrian on that one. But yeah, I don't even know where to begin on that. I just, it was like, it never ended and nobody could just say sorry and yeah, squash well, the beef. Nobody could. So uh, Trent, Don's like, hey, I will squash it if he admits he was wrong for not asking to drill a hole in a bike that wasn't his. And I don't think you can argue that he was wrong. He was fucking wrong. And eventually, he did say he was wrong, but he didn't really sound like he meant it. He sounded like a kid that just wanted to be out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're 100% right. He definitely didn't want to admit fault at, at the time. But then as it dragged, you know, drug on that conversation, got deeper in the end, he eventually did say yes, but it was, yeah, I, I was a little bit with Charles. I was kind of like, oh, this is getting kind of 
kind of like cringy, like they're just not going anywhere. It's getting yeah. stale here, and then and then obviously Keeper comes on and gets all the credit, as we'll find out here shortly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Trisha, look, Steve, Steve kept saying like. Also to Don, you know, like you keep dragging this thing out. You keep, you know, you're slamming this guy's business, which he does have somewhat of a point, right? The guy's trying to run a business. It, it's kind of childish games to to do that, to, to fire back on social media for three years. Like, get over it. Grow up. Oh, for sure. He was just, he was poking the bear the whole time talking about the drill emoji. Like yeah. even after, even after funny. apologizing, yeah, it was funny, but even after apologizing, he kept going. I was like, this isn't going to end. It's just not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Don, Don said that, Hey, like Yamaha said, bring the bike back immediately. And Adrian's like, Oh, they took it back. Cause you complained. It was just kids arguing back and forth, back and forth. And I don't know, man, it, Look, I don't know Adrian uh, at all. I've never met him. I, I did get some help on some triple some triple clamps for or bar mounts for one of my bikes from them, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate that they support Pulpmex. But dude, Trent, I got a bad vibe on Adrian, man. I, I really did. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think one of my notes was like it was, it was kind of the battle of the egos. They both had mm. their point, and they were sticking to it, but. I mean, Adrian said it. He's like, I'm not a people person kind of guy. And you could hear it throughout that conversation. That, that's true. He yeah, he didn't, you know, want to be a part of that conversation. He, you could hear he was awkward about it. And, it, you know, it wasn't something he was comfortable with. And, yeah, it kind of, it was getting very difficult, as I said, to listen to. And, <laughs> yeah. and it did it did kind of put Adrian in a, in a bad light, which I think is probably a little unfair. And probably he's not real stoked on that now looking back. But. I mean, hopefully the, the beast squashed and yeah. every party can just move on and get better about what they're doing. I hope so. I hope so. And you're right. Adrian did say, like, I didn't even want to do this. It kind of sounded like yeah. he was, you know, Mathis asked him to do it. He, You know, whether Mathis kept asking him or he just, just you know, I don't know, just went along with it. He didn't sound like he was too stoked on it. And then, Trisha, with Don, I've met Don twice. And, man, I don't know. Like, I hear... Like Kiefer tells me he's really friendly if he knows you, but I've also heard like he will cool guy you. Like if he doesn't think you're on his level or you're not in the quote unquote industry, he'll cool guy you. And that's the vibe I've gotten from him a little bit. Um, I will say years ago on some like social media stuff, he was really, really cool to me before I was ever involved in any of this. So I may be misjudging him, but like I was kind of bummed. He sort of, he squashed the beef with Mathis and Anton being able to come on the show, but then he sort of threw Anton under the bus and I love Anton. So that kind of bummed me out too about Anton, not getting his work done. Like I was just, man, this is just all childish. I didn't like the, I didn't like that whole segment. I just, it bummed, it oogged me out. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a cringy segment. It just, like I said, it kind of kept going on and yep. I've worked with Adrian in the past, you know, ordering parts and whatever. Adrian's always been good to me. Yeah. I've never met Don gotta just kind of go with what i heard and he definitely didn't leave a good impression with me yeah now i will say anton vehemently hope that's the right word defends don all the time uh and anton anton like i said i love anton i think he's a great dude i think he does great work um i don't know i just but yeah that, that whole segment really bummed me out i'm sure you guys have heard it if you haven't listened to the pulp show yet i don't know what the hell you're waiting on you shouldn't be listening to this you should be listening to that but uh Michelin bicycle tires, guys. You guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulpomex show for years. 
And once again, Mission on Bicycle Tires is proud is a proud sponsor of the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show. In 1891, way before I was born, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram for uh, some really cool shots of mountain bike guys ripping, doing things that I can't do. Uh, Trisha, in your little bio about yourself, you said this year, like you've really been focusing on staying awake to watch the races. <laughs> what are you going to bed so early for? Like, I mean, you're a fan of the sport, but you're, you're crashing out early, huh? Well, so usually I ride Saturdays in the wintertime. Oh, I ride at the ride. indoor track. Dude, I yes. need to get Kiefer on here. Yep. Yeah. So usually I'm riding on Saturdays. I, uh, tore my ACL last year. So I've been out for about, about a year now. And, um, so I haven't really been riding a ton. And then obviously, um, I've got two dogs and I'm pretty involved in training and whatever with them. So, uh, and now it's nice and early so I can actually stay awake now, but yeah, usually yeah. Saturdays I'm riding. So I, okay. I'm dead by the afternoon now. Okay. So before I get to you, Trent, I want to ask you a couple questions too, but, um, you mentioned dogs again. I know you're a big dog, dog lover. I've seen that on your Instagram. You made a note, and I actually made a mental note of this, of Rocky coming through the dog door on the YouTube feed. I don't think – I think I saw Rocky do that last week maybe. No, there was no video last week. It had to be the week before. But, like, is that dog door new? I I loved it. I have no <laughs> idea. It was great. He just, tro- like, trolled across the room, yeah. did his deal, trolled back up. And the blinds were cut. The blinds were cut for his dog door. That was yeah. the best part of the whole thing. That was pretty cool. People on YouTube were like, oh, Rocky sighting. We get Pookie sightings and Rocky sightings. Uh, <laughs> Trent, okay, fantasy, right? Castle mm-hmm. hates fantasy. He's Or he's mad at Mark's about fantasy. He doesn't really hate fantasy. Do you hate fantasy? Because I fucking hate fantasy after last weekend. No. The week before, if we had this conversation the week before, yeah. probably. But this week, I did okay, so... Uh, it's, I guess it's just part of the game. It, you have uh, swings and roundabouts, as they say. It's, uh, it's good one week and it's bad the next, but it's a lot of fun to, to be playing fantasy, and especially when you're on a good week. You, yeah, you I was leading. I think I was leading your league. I doubt I am anymore. I haven't looked. Yeah. I quit looking like a couple weeks ago because my scores were so bad. And it's funny with fantasy, like Saturday night, I'm just pissed off because I have two or three guys are getting me no points and I'm going, God, I can't wait till next week to pick another team. So, or Trisha, what about you? Do you play fantasy? Nope. I cannot stand fantasy. Oh, uh, <laughs> Keeper would really like you. Oh my gosh. It drives me nuts. Everybody comes over to watch Supercross at our house and I just want to watch the races and everybody <laughs> is bitching about their team and it yeah. drives me insane. Uh, Steve has definitely changed how we watch races for us fantasy players. It it affects us. It affects the riders. Um, we're about to talk about Brandon Haas from Club MX and I had Dominic Thury on the show the other night and I asked him, you know, he's new to the series, just came from Germany. Uh, and he was apologizing. I'm sorry for everybody that picked me in fantasy. So he's already aware. <laughs> so he's been here for like, you know, for, he's been one supercross race, literally. And he's already apologizing to the fantasy players. It was pretty awesome. Speaking of Brandon Haas, owner of club MX FXR Yamaha race team. Okay. I've never met Brandon. I don't know about you, Trent. Well, probably not. You're in Australia. That would make sense if you haven't, but the dude sounds 
like like a Mike Genova, a guy that we really, really want in our industry, loves the sport, doing it for the love of the sport, um, doing it because he cares about these riders. Let's listen. You have a very successful uh, training facility there in uh, South Carolina, and a lot of riders go there, and everything's working well. Why would you want to get into a team, Brandon, and lose some money? What would... Chase Owen had been training for a while at club, and he had a really good amateur career winning mm-hmm. schoolboy, and it was simply just to help Chase. Well, that all, I was in way over my head. We, you know, <laughs> whatever. It, it didn't go good. Then as the years go by, it just kept eating at me. Like, you know, we, we see a lot of guys come through that have potential, like McGrath, and, I mean, he almost got missed. Lucky he had a good showing at Loretta's, or who would he be right now? It just took that one race right. to open everybody's eyes. Well, not everybody gets that one race, or they get hurt before Loretta's, or, I mean, just like Garrett, he, he was a customer for three years. So I felt like yeah. you know, if there's ever anybody I want to help, it's somebody that helped me yeah. in the beginning. You know, they, they paid me sure. for my service. So I need to give back. Trent, man, what a, what a guy sounds awesome. Uh, I love his wanting to give back to the sport. This is a, a probably, again, a few weeks in a row where there's been somebody on the show that I have become a fan of that week. Somebody I didn't know anything about. Um, like Dan Hubbard a couple weeks ago, and I've become a fan of them because of Pulp and because of Steve's, the way he handles the show and, and what we get out of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listening to why he created the team, and again, like the, the question got asked, like what if the Yamaha kicked down parts to, Gar- to Garrett to help him out because he got on the podium? And he's like, no, this is, this is how I put it together. Everyone's on an equal playing field. And creating it to help riders that he can see has potential. I mean, this guy works with them day in, day out. He knows what they're capable of. He's not just looking at the weekend and going, oh, they're no good. You know, to put a team together, to put himself out there and, you know, financially on the line as well, the sport needs more people like that, for sure. Agreed. And, Trisha, well, you have a little bit of a connection, you know, a roundabout connection with Brandon, yeah, he uh, he was up in Minnesota right when I started riding. I started riding back in like 2011, so I was kind of watching him racing at Millville and some of the local tracks up here in Minnesota um, as he was heading down south to start club, and I actually bought my first two um, YZ250s from his sister, Jolene, so that's kind of... Yeah, there's a connection there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yep. Let me ask you this before we get back to Brandon specifically. But when you're listening and we get a guy like Brandon or a few weeks ago, Dan Hubbard versus having a Cooper Webb, Kenny Roxon, I'm finding myself much more drawn to these guys I don't know much about uh, because we I don't hear, have to hear the same stories all the time. Um, what about you? Do you do, would you rather have every show be a superstar writer or do you like these de- in-depth uh, behind-the-scenes kind of guys? I'm all for the behind-the-scenes guys. Yeah. They make the sport. They make the sport. They bring up the youth. They they give them the opportunities to be the superstars. So I'm all about that. Yeah, and Trent, I, I see you here on FaceTime shaking your head. You know, we complain, we say all the time, like, we wish Supercross would have like more privateer profiles like Steve does on the show where we could get to know these guys that we don't know anything about. And that's what Steve's doing right week in week out privateers guys that we wouldn't, if you, if you discover Pulp MX, you're going to learn so much more about the sport that you will never really learn. If you only watch the races. Now you, you can read these things, a lot of these things in racer X and some of the other publications, but it's still not the same, dude. It's not, you don't get, you don't get what you get from pulp anywhere else. And that, that includes my show. That includes your show. 
it, it's just, yeah. it is the bar, right, that we all strive for. Yeah, I mean, personally learned heaps about the sport, especially how Steve goes back and, and gets some of these older guys to give you a little history about the sport. But, yeah, getting these guys on that, you know, we know a part of the sport, but we don't know their story. And it gives, gives you a more of an appreciation for these for these team members, the team owners, the privateer riders, the privateer mechanics, all these sorts of people he brings on. And, again, he, you know, Alex Ray and the Seven Deuce Deuce, like, yeah, they are big names in the sport now because of what Steve helped them build by having him on, you know, his show and created, you know, those guys that we have. And there's more coming, you know. I'm, I'm sure that we're going to see a lot more from, you know, some of the other guys he has on his show. I mean, obviously Evan Ferry's going to be a big one here soon, but he's already <laughs> got that name. But, you know, there's yeah. so many of these privateers, 250 guys he helps out that they'll be names in the future because of them being part of uh, Pulp and, you know, doing that stuff with Steve. Absolutely. Um, okay, a couple of things. That, a couple of things that were talked about during during Brandon's segment that I want to touch on. I'm gonna give you each one. Uh, let's see here. Which one I want to go with? All right, Trisha, you made note of the fact that he said if 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 a factory team came to give a like a fill in ride for Garrett, that he's he's he signed in. He's locked in to the the club mx team and you kind of took a little bit of issue with it i think yeah i guess i get that you don't want to play favorites with your team you've got your team you've got all your players essentially set up and you don't want to play favorites you give them everything you've got and that's the ride you give but i guess if you've got somebody with potential and a little bit extra might take them a little bit further i'm struggling as to why you would deny them. I like, I get the fairness with the team, but that's just, I'm just kind of on the edge with that one. Yeah. I, I see, I can see both sides a little bit. Like I, I, Brandon wants to have Garrett on his team so that they can get third place podiums or maybe better, you know, uh, you know, cause he may not get that from Joey crown or Jace, uh, Owen, you know, it's, uh, it's more likely he'll get a third place podium and more exposure to his team with a guy like Marchbank. So I see that, but then I also kind of see the other side where some of these lower funded teams give their guys a break, get them out, let them out of the contract, go take this opportunity. So I see both sides, but I, I appreciate the fact that you, you brought that up. Trent, what I want to ask you about is uh, Garrett doesn't get any special equipment, which Trisha kind of touched on that. He said, hey, I'm not playing favorites, right? This this is our team. These are our bikes. We have great equipment. We believe in our bikes. Yeah, I mean, that that's more where I come at it with that sort of thing is if he gets, if they grab those extra things from Yamaha and Garrett goes on to do great things, was that the Club MX bike or the Yamaha giving Club MX extra things? And from Brandon's side of things, I can see where he's like, I want it to be our bike that produces these results, not a bike that Yamaha has helped us build just for Garrett. And right. that's the other reason he got his results. So that's, you know, I can see, as I said, see both sides, but knowing what Brandon's trying to build and how he's trying to create his own team, he wants to be, this is my team that created Garrett's results. You all had an opportunity to grab him. Nobody did. I did. And this is what I can create with my team. Right on. Uh, well, a couple other just notable things during the Brandon interview. We got a great Phil story about trying to save money, not wanting to use his lights in his uh, his his storage building or his shop, you know, instead of using a little headlamp. We love Filthy Phil stories. And we discovered that Justin Hill apparently is now a sheriff. 
that may be why he hasn't responded to my text recently. So I guess he's out fighting crime. Who would have thunk it? Uh, all right, Trisha. I talked about at the beginning of the show. To me, this was a very heavy show on segments, future headlines, voicemails, etc. Do you have a favorite segment? Oh, man. See, if you listen to the wrap-up show regularly, you knew this question was coming. All right, shoot. <laughs> See, it's not it's not regular. I'll I'll just say it. It's not regular. Um I think the Adrian and Don, like if that's the segment, that was my favorite. It was the most uncomfortable. Okay. I would more my like favorite. a uh, like a race tech rant or a Kiefer after dark, X brand tear offs, you know, something he does every week that's got a sponsored kind of you know, a segment like anything or tweet it the motorsport tweet at talent and tweet it tits, whatever. Whenever they were talking about the two-way radios with the 50 kids, what section was that? I don't even remember. I don't have it. That might have been, might have been ex, nah, tweets. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and I think look. Char- I think Charles was, uh, Charles Charles was talking about up. it. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about that. I think that was his maybe his race tech rant. Uh, no, definitely wasn't the rant. We're going to get to those. But we will talk about the two-way radios. But that's okay. Don't... Um, I'm kind of leading into the future headlines, but I want to get your your thoughts, uh, Trent. What do you have? Because race tech rants are my favorite. I say it every week. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm an expert Google tariff segment. I like the rest oh, you like Moser? That, and I just one of my notes is that Moser always seems to misspell his questions, and that that becomes the funny part of the yeah. segment is when Mark is trying to read the question, but it makes absolutely no sense what he typed into his phone. So I, I like at, that because it, I read them as they're written. Yeah, that's right. I like it. I, that's, it just, I think it brings a, a funny element to it where you're adding that in and it's, you know, it's not polished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm kind of leading into the future headlines, which is not an every week thing. It, it's, it's a thing that drives JT crazy, which is what I said when I called in, which is what makes it so great. Uh, here's what you need to know about future headlines. Future headlines, everybody. So the, I'm going to give you two headlines from Cycle News. You have to pick one or the other, Castlew and JT. Okay. All right? JT, you ready? Could it be future headlines or not? <laughs> or, 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 or. This, this is, these are ridiculous. No, they're not. You can't say pick A or B when neither A nor B are pickable. It's the only options. Off. It's the only options. Listen. I'll take C. This game Back sucks. in the day. <laughs> I would rather you kill me Let's than play the game. You're never, this interview is over. You're never going to play headline, future headlines again if you keep that attitude. <laughs> Don't tease me. All right, Trent. Like, this segment, it's kind of dumb. But it's funny, and that's what I need out of it. It makes me laugh. It doesn't matter that it's Zacco wins or Zacco crashes, Eli Supercross title or Eli retires. I don't care. The The... the <laughs> The topic doesn't matter. What matters is yeah. or and JT being mad. Yeah, JT being mad is uh, it's a, the best part of it, you know. And again, the drop where I'll take C. This game sucks. Like it's just <laughs> it. He just hates it with a passion, and you can every time C says something, and you can just hear him snickering or trying to say mumbling something under his breath on the yeah. other end of the phone line. He just and again, that is probably what makes this segment so funny is JT's hatred towards it. I think so. And the fact, Trisha, that he doesn't do it every week, that that's, makes it special to me. 
uh, you know, I can like I got really burnt out. I may have already said this on the voicemails. I hate the voicemails normally, uh, but future headlines every so often, it's just like a little special treat. I don't know. Do you like it or do you, is it annoying? Nah, I like it. Okay, I was good. in. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty freaking funny. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Uh, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, including me, Steve Lanson, Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael, and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's down performance you want, you've got to come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Thanks, uh, Andy Gregg, for supporting the Pulp MX wrap-up show. Speaking of segments, I already mentioned Race Tech Rant is my favorite. Pulp 21 to save. Uh, let's listen to Steve's rant first, and we'll, we'll get into all that. My rant is this, Charles. I got sent a photo uh, today of March Banks on the podium. And he's holding the tiniest trophy I've ever seen. Look, I get it. It's COVID. And his minimum Times fans. Times are tough. Times are tough. He might lose it on the way home. <laughs> it's possible it falls out of his pocket mm-hmm. on sitting on the airplane seat. It could go on his carry-on, at least. This is a fucking lifetime memory for these racers. Yeah. Can we give him more than an iPhone for third place? iPhone-sized trophy? My kid raced a local race at Elsinore yesterday, and the yeah. trophies are bigger. Thank you. Trish, maybe he just has big hands. I yeah, anyway, that, that's pretty pretty sad. I hate really hating on Feld, but come on. I mean, look at the look at the MX Sports trophies, which I know the team the tracks have to supply those usually. They do their own, but they're so badass. Supercross is the elite level of our sport. I totally agree with Steve on this. Yeah. I'm on board. I agree with Steve. Like from a chick standpoint, I saw a picture of it and I said in my notes, my first reaction was, oh, that's cute. <laughs> just is tiny. I mean, all yeah, of our yeah. district races here up in right. Minnesota, our trophies are bigger, like up to fifth place. They're bigger. It, dude, Trent, what about you, man? You, uh, you ever get a trophy that small? Unfortunately, yes. The sport here in Australia isn't as big as what it is in the U.S. So it is kind of ironic that our trophies here in Australia are even you know, at the same size as what the, the Supercross ones are. But, I mean, again, as, as Steve said, it's only really been this year that they've been that small and it has to obviously come from COVID. But it is quite funny that that became the rant. And also, I think it was Charles said, um, you know, Timmy can't prop up his, uh, his garage door with that, tro- that <laughs> yeah. size trophy. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, he, he did. Steve did say that, it's, you know, I understand it's COVID. Maybe that has an effect on it. But seriously, 17 rounds of Supercross – so, what, 34 trophies for third place? If you take each class, I think, if I do my math right, I don't know, I can't count very well. What's the total cost to double the trophy size? I mean, a couple grand? I, 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 don't, I don't really get it. Like, I, maybe, I, I may be completely wrong. Like, Sean Brennan could probably get on here and explain the whole thing. But as far as the rant goes, I think it was a legit rant. It looks pathetic on, on Instagram, on social media, on you know, in magazines, it, it's a little sad. So, uh, good rant, Steve. Way better than the Chick Fil A sucks rant. Uh, Caslu also had a, a rant that I really enjoyed. All right, your race tech rant, Chuck. Mine's 
why in any hell is everyone in the United States, potentially other countries too, so so extreme on either side of anything they do? It is just an extreme either way. Yeah, and I'm not political at all, but like that's the problem with people is that they they they're so blinders on stuck in whatever they believe in they'll believe whatever's put in front of them it, from that side yeah and they'll they'll completely disregard and have no objective look right. look at it right. so it's it's just, I, I just don't understand why people can't just be fucking objective in the middle and logically think so through things and what formulate their own opinion what is because ha- we used to be that way it could be a pile of dog shit on whatever side you you're on and you think yeah that's right yeah i i totally agree trent this stuff drives me crazy uh, I'm also not a political guy, be- mainly because of that. Because it's so fucking extreme, one way or the other. That like I'm, I don't know what the political party would be called. That's in the middle. I don't know what I don't have because I don't pay attention. But I could see I'm able to see good points and bad points from each side. And and he's not just talking about politics. He's talking about supercross and incidences and like nobody. It's our society. He's right. It's it's drives me crazy. Like what happened to humanity and common sense uh, uh dude i don't know it's frustrating and him bringing it up i thought was i thought he was going to go way more political i i but it turned out to be a really good rant yeah i mean it, it's one of those things where like we've seen it worse this year with all of the incidents that have happened and and the social media and yeah like you read some of these things and they're so ridiculous like how far out people can be with it that you're like are we talking about the same sort of situation here right now? Like nobody looks at it objectively. Nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to have, you know, a conversation. They just want to be absolutely all in on their, their side of things and just go to town on it and not actually listen to what the other person has to say. Absolutely. Trish, is it okay if I call you Trish or do you prefer Trisha? Nope. I, I will look to either one. Most people call me Trish. <laughs> okay. Do, do you agree or are you, are you one of those extreme people? Maybe you, maybe you're like, no, you guys are idiots. It's, it's only my way. You know, I am pretty in the middle. Okay. I, I think it's just, it's too exhausting to be extreme. Like yeah. you're always worried about something, pissed off about something. It's just easier to be in the middle, do your thing, not worry about stuff and just go on with your day. I think so. And, and like these people, Steve's talked a lot lately about keyboard warriors and these guys getting the hate on social media and the, the writers have been pretty open about it. Vince Freeze, McAdoo. I, I don't even understand what people think in their mind to go so extreme on making those comments. Like if you honestly believe Dean Wilson should die because of what he did, you don't have to say it. Like it's there's there's a couple uh, rules or whatever our parents taught us when we were kids. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And the other one is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. So they kind of contradicted themselves a little bit, but like it's, it, you don't have to say those things, but also I guess we don't have to be so offended when things are said, but it's just, I don't know, it's society today. It's, it's, it's a, it's a mind blowing a little bit. Uh, all right. We've talked a lot about segments. We've talked about a lot of stuff other than racing uh, I, but I know there was still some racing talk this week on Pulp, but honestly, holy fuck, there were some good segments. Um, we haven't heard voicemails in a long time. As I said, I usually hate them, mainly because they usually are giving me shit or the wrap-up show shit, so I cringe. Like, I sit back and I listen. I'm half listening to the voicemails waiting to hear Dark Side or Wrap-Up, 
so that I can be like, fuck. And we got one at the end. But first, we got some fucking gold. Here we go. Hey, Mathis, here's what I'd like to see you do. It's horseshit, man. Do the right thing. You've got a platform to do this. Go this show is... the industry that you're the, you're the bigger person and you can put this together, or are you afraid of your job? Uh, hopefully you can take care of the situation and uh, get that kid some money. Make it right, Maybe Steve. Maybe pull it out of your own pocket. You make enough money off this show. Am I Have supposed a great to? Night. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs> Yeah, Steve. I mean, you make enough money. I mean, because you're not paying me that much, so take that money and fucking help help Piazza out. Piazza, P- pizza. I can't even say his name. <laughs> yeah, pizza. Let's help pizza out. You're responsible for these guys, Steve. Don't you know that? That is your position now that you've done well for yourself is to take care of these people. What the fuck is wrong with people, Trent? <laughs> Oh man, that was, I just the whole time through that, it's like, since when did Steve owe anybody any of this stuff? And, but he's just like dead adamant. That yeah, he wasn't joking. Has to do. Yeah, like you need to do this. This is, are you scared of your job? Oh, that was yes, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, he, he, Steve Mathis is probably one of the top two or three media guys in our sport. And he openly calls out, MX Sports, Feld, AMA, his own boss sometimes, Racer X, if he has to, but he's scared that it, to say the, to to, pay, to call these guys out or to what the fuck, man? I, I this is what we just talked about, Trisha. What is wrong with people? Yeah, I was just gonna say, voicemail guy is definitely uh, one of the extreme people that Charles was talking about. But hey, before you say any more. Voicemail guy, if you like the wrap-up show, I take it all back. Go ahead, Trisha. <laughs> if, wait, what now? Uh, I just said if that guy likes the wrap-up show, I take everything I said back. But if you have more... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So is that... Okay. Um, all right. But we had some other really great voicemails. Get me in to be a flagger, and let's change the industry. You keep it super short and simple. That Vince Freeze interview was the worst thing ever. That guy's voice makes me want to fucking kill myself. So have a great day, okay? Both him and Cincerello, the bike looks like it's beating him up. I'm sorry, but the bikes don't look as plush through the whoops. It looks like it's working them. The power band looks like it's one of those arm pumper kind of power bands off the KX compared to the other bikes. Either they need to tone them down or they need to rework the suspension. The guys ain't really complaining because the power probably feels good. But, hell, my 86YZ250 was a ripper, and you could feel it through your arms. You get to the 2001CR250, and the power band's nice and smooth. you got to have good suspension. My 93YZ250 probably had the best suspension of all my 250s throughout my 250 career. Uh, I think we need to look at at the bikes a little bit closer here. They they look powerful, but the power band and the smoothness of the bike. You look at Roxon's bike; he looks like he's on marshmallows. He ain't even having to work it. You got to get Pookie them titties, man. Okay, I know that was a little long. I'm crying, laughing. This, okay, Trent, we talk about it all the time <laughs> how great the the Pulpamex show is. All the things look. Steve Mathis brought us the Nets. Steve Mathis yep. maybe saved our sport. From Steve Mathis, through just just Monday night, we have a guy that can fix Kawasaki's problems. We have a guy that can fix the flagger problems. 
uh, there's another one that I can't. Oh, uh, shit. There's another one that we can fix. Them. I don't even remember what it was now. Just, I, I, oh my God. I don't even know what to say. That was some of the funniest voicemails I've ever heard. And that was only like half that dude's voicemail. It went on forever. It did. I mean, it got even funny when he starts talking about how good the technology was 20, 30 years ago on these bikes. Like, the technology these days obviously isn't good enough compared to his 93 YZ and his 86 YZ, whatever. <laughs> it, was, it, just, it just was funny, but it is, it's hilarious how it just attracts these people that, you know, I've got a way to fix this. Yeah. I've got a way to fix this, you know, like, and the, the flagger will change the sport. <laughs> like, Steve's coming up to it. How are we going to change the sport? Like, with flaggers. It's, it's just hilarious, these people. Oh, it was so good. And again, as a former A rider, do you know what what power band is the arm pump power band? Is that the green one, the red one? <laughs> it, it's got one of those yeah. arm pumping power bands. Yeah, one of those arm pumping power bands. I'm going to use that now on when, uh, when I'm out watching the local races. Oh, he's got the arm pumping power band on. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just funny when they, they, get, they get rolling and words <laughs> just start coming and I don't think they understand what they're saying half the time. They're just talking. Oh, it was good. Trisha, did you have a favorite voicemail or did any of those surprise you? Oh, definitely. Definitely power band guy. (laughs) I know we had a, we had a dude probably like seven years ago, write us a note in the shop and asked us to change the power band on his bike. And I think we even put on the invoice or something. We changed the purple power band and (laughs) that's great. (laughs) Yeah. So that one definitely was my favorite by far as a, as a race tech shop owner, which suspension setting is, is the marshmallow setting? The marshmallow setting. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually the one where I come back and I just say it's on the shit setting and we need to change it. Okay. <laughs> Those were fantastic. I, oh, by the way though, we did, we did get a little bit of a shit on wrap up show voicemail at the very end. Had a guy ask who gets more downloads or more listens wrap up or industry seating. And look, man, JT understands the juggernaut that is the wrap-up show. There's no, he doesn't, he just knows. He's conceded, not conceded, he's conceded the fact that we rule the Pulpamex empire right behind, like right, right behind the actual Monday show. So there is no our jerky beef between JT and I or our show's it's just we are, we are we're right there. We're we're going to take over the the pulp show very very soon. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with the zip on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side by side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. And Mason actually sent me a screenshot today of another listener that uh, bought some Seal Savers and supported the show. So I appreciate you. Um, I don't have that name, but that means a lot to me. And I know Mason really appreciates it. All right. You guys want to talk some racing now? Trent, Trisha? Oh, yeah. Let's get it. All right. We did have some race talk, especially early in the show. Uh, Webb has won two in a row in Atlanta. Atlanta, he's only six down, got six points down now. And the guys talked about that. Webb may win this, mm-hmm. and he made up some points, and Webb's a, def- you know, a, a past champion. But I still like Kenny. Cooper has some momentum, and we all know he's dangerous when he gets, yeah. gets momentum in his favor. But Kenny, 
even given up um, whatever he gave up this weekend, seven points or whatever it was, like he rode really well and he salvaged a really bad start to yeah. to keep it manageable. Yep. Like it was a if that's his worst or like his yeah, off night, right? That's fine. Problem is, it's coming down to a two horse race for the most part. Like they've they've sort of separated themselves. Uh, Trisha, so you told me that you're not really a web guy. He's not your favorite. But give me your thoughts on this discussion. Uh, they both feel like it's pretty much a two two horse race, as they said. Uh, and we're going to talk about Eli in a minute. But do you agree with that? that? Those two guys are really probably the only two right now that have a chance. And you know who who do you side with? Because Steve said that Cooper could win this, but he's still siding with Kenny. And I kind of feel like Charles was still on Kenny's side a little bit too, as long as he stays consistent. You know, I absolutely love Kenny. Okay. Um, from a girl's perspective, there's obvious reasons. Um, what what reasons that Trisha? He's a smoke show. It, it is uh, what it is. All right. He's a smoke show. Fair enough. You're, you're allowed to say it. I mean, we yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Cooper's just Cooper. Kind of just flies under the radar and just I, he's like a sniper. He just kind of comes in and just a takes shark. over quietly, and it's over. It's just over every time he comes in. I agree. And so, I, what, why is Cooper not your favorite? Like, I feel like you basically were trying to be nice and not say, I don't like Cooper Webb, but I could be, I could be reading too much into it. Um, no, I think you're good. <laughs> I, okay. I just, I love a rider that's got personality and I just don't see it from him. Um, I'm also a woman and I, I'm judgy, like, stereotype judgy and he has the ask your manager hands on the podium every single weekend like he doesn't know what to do with himself he just he's lacking personality and i just i like the full package when you're on the podium she likes the full package trent (laughs) i think i think pookie and heather Kiefer like the full package too Uh, (laughs) all right what do you what do you think about that that audio that we just played about the steve and charles's uh thoughts on kenny and Cooper. Yeah, I mean, they, I think that now, I think this is down to two. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about Eli in a minute, but I think we're down to two riders. And unfortunately, I think I side a little bit different to those guys. Uh, I'm, you know, Cooper Webb, six points down, you know, in that position with him coming on the way he is in the last, winning the last two Orlandos. That's tough, man. He's, he is, uh, he is good in that situation. And, I don't know. I kind of disagree with Trish there on the on him not being the full package on the podium when when he gets that chip and that little snarl about him and throws and you, those little jabs on the podium. They're cool. And do you think he's? Like a, do you think Cooper's a smoke show? Oh, hey, they're all a smoke show. We we talk about the real smoke <laughs> show. That's Colt, Colt Nichols, but that's oh, a different topic for a different day. The dangling an earring. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I think uh, Cooper's coming. Cooper's my pick. Still my pick. And Cooper does come across as uh, he's, what's the word I'm looking for, where he's, you either love him or hate him, it seems like, with as a fan. People, and I mentioned this the other night, like people don't really get a chance to really get to know these people as who they really are. Uh, and I think Cooper, I, I like Cooper a lot after I've had a chance to talk to him a few times, but I can see where you're coming from, Trisha. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, Kenny's a smoke show. I'll give you that. Fair enough. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, I can't really deny it. Um, all right, so after the talk about Cooper and Kenny, you can't really talk about that without talking about Eli Tomac, right? I mean, last year's champion, uh, he's lost a lot of points. They bring up a lot of topics or a lot of opinions 
that probably made Dylan ready to go compose a strongly worded tweet. Uh, I'm sure he's not happy right now, but let's listen to what they had to say. How worried are you about Eli Tomac right now? Yeah, I'm hitting the panic button. Yeah, you're, like, you're, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on. I, I mean, it's hard to say that for a guy that got you know sixth place and is third in points, but anything no. less than a title and winning races is they're not happy. Yep. So yep, it's a panic situation for me. The like I need to see him get out front. I think Eli does his best work from starting like third or fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah, and then going up and passing those guys and then building a huge lead. Right. And I think he's better as the the guy charging up, passing people, and then being like. Fuck you! I'm gonna put 20 seconds on you. Yeah, like he's all, he's 30 points down. Yeah, he's not gonna win this title. Unsuccessfully defending a championship is a you know quote unquote failure of a season for a guy like Eli Tomac. There's a difference between one win or two wins and third in the points, yeah. or six wins and a DNF and third in the points. Right. You know what I mean? Big where difference. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you're like, hey, we won six or seven races. Charles said it. Charles, you said he's not winning this championship. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Trent, I love. I think I'm there too. And I think even if he had just been able to beat Roxon in any way, shape, or form and bring the points down, it would have given him some confidence. It would have just sent it the other way. And then you go into Daytona, which is arguably his best track of the year, with another opportunity to bring the points down again. Uh, But, yeah, just that momentum kept going the wrong way. Everything is kind of trending the wrong way. And this is the time of the year where you think you would be turning it around and, and kind of riding the ship. Forgot I had that JT quote in there at the end. My bad. Um, so, Trent, I loved Charles's breakdown of Eli saying that, like, I think he's a guy that does better coming from behind from, and working through the pack. You know, we've seen in the past where maybe towards the end of the race where guys are starting to get a little bit, quote-unquote, tired, that's when he excels. And that's not happening anymore because the other guys have, in my opinion, they've stepped up their game a little bit. He may be still the same, but I really I like that thought process and what Charles had to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean Charles hit it on the head, and also Steve later on that drop wasn't in there, but you know he he sort of alluded to the fact that Eli looks like he's getting tired as well, yeah. which is completely odd for you know the reigning champion, the defending champion to to be doing that. And as Charles said, we're used to him coming from fourth, fifth, passing these guys, breaking the way, and you know breaking their spirit. And he's not doing that this year. And, I mean, it only goes back to Orlando. Like, he gets passed by Jason Anderson at the end. Like, when has that ever happened in in his time at the, you know, at the top of the sport? It's it's very odd, but I I'm, I like what Charles said. He, he broke it down really well. And, again, him being adamant that he's not winning that title, like, that's, yeah. you know, he's, he's got a strong opinion of it for sure. And I, I agree with him. Sorry, Dylan. But, yeah, he said tired or tightness is what Mathis had said. Mm. Um, Trisha... Uh, is Eli out? Do you agree? Yeah, he's out. He's out. I know oh, outdoors is obviously different, but I still remember Tomac dealing with like heat stroke issues and whatever else back in the day. I know at Millville, I watched him lay in the creek one one year because uh, it was so hot out. So I don't know, maybe he's struggling with some type of fitness issue or whatever. That's a good creek. Oh, yeah. That's I, a very I, nice creek. <laughs> I, I do love me some Millville. Uh, yeah, sorry, Dylan, man, but I think Eli's done. Uh, you know, whether he is mentally at a point where he's he he just wants to be done and retire as what is some of the theories, I don't know that I agree with that. But I think at this point in the racing this year, I think he's done. Um, he'll probably win another race or two. I don't think he's going to win Daytona personally. Uh, I don't see it. But I guess we're not supposed to, we're not here to talk about our thoughts. 
Okay, let me ask you this, uh, Trent, as a longtime fan of Pulp MX, we had some discussion about this last week when there was no callers. Do you like the callers, or do you think you know most of them kind of suck? Uh, I'm 50-50 on them. I like when they're good calls and they add to the conversation. I hate the ones when they get on there and start babbling and try and talk over Steve and the guests, and they're trying to you know get their 15 seconds of fame, you know, and just keep talking about absolute rubbish. But, I mean, again, I like those away ones when you get guys like Timmy in and Evan in and, you know, they, they get a whole cast and crew all sitting in a roundtable discussion. I like them. So it's kind of, I think it's one of those things, it's the variety is the spice of life. The more we get mixture of these shows, I think it improves the whole overall product for the Pulp Mix Network. Yeah, as I, I asked this question last week when we were talking about it, because there was no callers, you know, there are those callers that kind of get on my nerves here and there, or, you know, I, I think they go too long, but then without the callers, I wouldn't have the chance to do what I'm doing for Steve now because I would have never been able to call in. Trisha, um, how about you? And have you ever called in? I have not. I am still, I would consider myself new to in-depth listening of the pulp show. Right. Um, it's usually, I mean, it's usually background noise. I listen when I can, but, uh, in-depth listening, I'm still new. So it's, it's all entertaining at this point. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the big point is even when, I, okay, if a caller really sucks and just goes on and on and on and on, well, you can kind of laugh at that. Or Steve can hang up on him, and that could be funny. I mean, Steve hung up on a kid not that long ago. That was <laughs> kind of funny and kind of not at the same time. So, yeah, the callers, I think the callers are important to Pulp MX. Uh, a lot of the other shows don't have callers. Uh, that's one thing that sets him apart, having live callers. And it's funny, people are always on YouTube asking for the phone number. Like, you write the fucking thing down. He, he gives it out every week. But uh, maybe maybe I'm whining about something I shouldn't. But speaking of callers, we had Taylor who asked about Jason Wygant and start, his start cross opinions. Taylor, what's going on? You want to talk about Wygant? Taylor, do you want to trash on Wygant? Because if you do, you, you can talk for the next hour. Floor is yours. Yeah, floor is yours. What does, what do you, what's going on with this whole start cross thing? Like, is he like... He's acting like it's, he's upset or that he doesn't know normal racing. That, yeah, if you get a bad start, you're going to have a bad fucking race. Like, I don't know. Where's he coming at with that? Well, he's coming at the fact that in 2021, he thinks, and I tend to agree with him, actually, Taylor, that the start is more important than ever. I mean, you know, Chad Reed, James Stewart, Carmichael, Jeremy, they got terrible starts, and they could get on the box. Why against an idiot? <laughs> Complete moron. All right, Trisha. So, not a bad topic, right? I kind of I picked this one mainly because of that last quote about him being an idiot and a moron. That was just funny. But Taylor was questioning, like, right, we all know starts are important. That's that's obvious. But like we said at the last discussion about Eli, Eli's been known for getting bad starts and coming through the pack and still winning. Mathis brought up McGrath in the past. So I do agree with him that this day and age, this year and even last year, starts are more important. So I think that's where we just coming from. What do you think? You think starts are as important, less important, more important than in the past? Uh, you know, I think it's rider dependent. I think it's going to be good point. If you, if you ride better under whatever type of pressure it is, if you ride better knowing you're, you're coming from behind, or if you ride better running for your life because you got the whole shot. Okay. I really just think it's rider dependent. That's actually a, a. I think that's a good point. You're, you're right. I think. I don't think anybody, other than maybe James Stewart in his prime, would come through the field right now. 
but that's just being what what's the word? I guess I'm, I'm kind of throwing my age or like you know. Just, nah, I'm on board with that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder how realistic. You know, again, JS7 at his peak on the modern day bikes, I think would be. I want to believe he's. I think he's still Michael Jordan. He's still the best ever. I think Michael Jordan, the Bulls of the '90s, would still beat anybody this day and age. I don't care what you say about the game changing. JS Seven was the fastest rider at his best of anybody ever. Got off topic. Sorry. Uh, how about motorsport guys? You ever go to motorsport.com? Because you should. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on this track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. Tweet at Talon this week. Talon still doesn't have an intro. He says he wants an intro. Steve says make your own intro. Uh, Trent, should we get Talon an intro, or is it better that he doesn't have one, he just wants one? I guess it's how long the the joke goes for, I guess. I mean, it'd be cool if he had his own, because it always, I guess, if you're a new listener and it's it's saying saying tweeted tits, and then we go to Talon, it's a bit, bit weird, but I guess it's becoming an inside joke now of how long they can hold out before they get on his own intro and he did say at the start he didn't want one and now right, he wants one because it yeah so it's uh yeah i think it's been a year now since he's been there so let's keep the let's keep it running for a bit i think so trisha uh one of the comments during tweet the tweet segment steve said that people on youtube have the dumbest comments which i definitely think a lot of the comments i see because i always watch on youtube i do think some of them are pretty damn dumb uh i don't know if they're the dumbest because I don't really watch other forms. Uh, do you ever look at the YouTube comments and watch it that way? Or do you even have a, a thought on it? When I have looked at YouTube comments, I have never seen anything useful. Well, that's rude. I, I mean, I make comments and mine are, I think mine are useful there, Trisha. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, on my YouTube videos that I've watched, I haven't seen anything useful. So I can't say like <laughs> yeah. moto videos all the time sure, or whatever, sure. but yeah, I think I definitely think they suck when it comes to like the press conference because man, people would just blast us on the press conference. Yeah, those I are think the it's dumbest the questions. People. Yeah, those are the dumbest questions. Why do they ask such dumb questions? I, I still would love to know what questions these geniuses would ask that Steve and Weege and even you know ourselves, uh, Trent, don't ask. But anyway, it's funny. Okay, uh, Chris Betts, never again, Trent, <laughs> or he's great. He's the he's the best thing that we've had in the last little bit. I think like he's he's just he's because he's so far removed from the sport. Yeah, and he's just new to it. His his ideas and his thought process and how he tries to think about things is just so much fun. Just that you can hear his brain ticking as he's talking about these things. Like, why don't we do it like this? Yeah. And, uh, it's just something. It's something fun and exciting. Like I don't get where people are like, oh, he's he's not that good. I mean, I guess you're not very open-minded if you, if you don't think that because he is just, I mean, playing a bit of a, playing a bit of a role now too, where he kind of plays along with it. But again, it's cool just to hear somebody else with a different, different look at the sport. Yeah. Think how many times Steve says we've been doing the same thing for 30 years. We don't change anything. It's always the same thing. We're, we're stuck in, we don't like change, but then Chris Betts comes in and he goes, well, what about this? What about that? Because he's not stuck in that rut that we all find ourselves in. That we're just, this is the way we do it. He's like, hey, what about, and you know, 
Some of them are stupid. The Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter, the one was kind of dumb. The horn, yeah, yeah, take it or leave it. But, God, he's entertaining. What about you, Trisha? Are you a Chris Betts fan? Or do you even remember a time before Chris Betts? Because you haven't been listening that long. Um, I'm going to say I don't. Okay. I don't, but change is good. I know Trent was saying variety is the spice of life, so can't go wrong with change. I, I think that's a good point. Um, let's see here. Okay, you mentioned, Trisha in your notes, and this is off the pulp subject, but they didn't bring this up, but I didn't see it. On the broadcast, you said the camera lingered on Vince Freezy and a dangling loogie. When was this? Oh, it was right before, I think it was right before the main event, but he had yep. from the chin of his helmet down to the middle of his chest. Wow. He had a big yep. old loogie just hanging and the camera stayed there and he was, you. I mean, I think we've all been there. We've all been there, but he, I think he was messing with it, trying to get it off of his helmet and it just made it worse. Was the, Were they on the gate? Yeah, yep, they were right on the gate. I bet he tried to spit out his helmet and it didn't clear. Yeah. I don't, I usually spit up and over, but apparently oh, wow. he tried to go down. That's what I do. <laughs> I go down, but I yeah, I or if you're in the middle of a race and you get a mouthful of sand, I just spit right into the helmet, whatever. But yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna go back and check that out. So I I appreciate you pointing that out. Um <laughs> the other topic, and you mentioned it earlier, Castle was talking about the two ray radios uh with some amateurs and you know that kind of started like you seemed a little uh, flabbergasted, Trisha, by this, um, and you mentioned the AMA rule with no GoPros. I, I have to assume. I don't know if he's talking about two-way radios at AMA rule races, maybe just local races. I don't know, um, but you didn't. You didn't really seem to like the fact that these kids were running two-way radios. No, absolutely not. I know we teach moto classes here up in Minnesota, and. One of the big things that we swear by is just have fun, give them pointers, teach them, and they're going to learn a whole lot faster than getting barked at. And I swear by it. That's how my husband taught me to ride. You know, I started riding when I was 18, and I learned a lot faster with just encouragement. Like, I can't imagine a kid, like I said, that doesn't know like what day of the week it is. They don't know if they're going to be shitting their pants today, getting yelled at yeah, you're on their young kids. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it, it blows my mind that these parents take it that serious. Yeah. I can see that in the amateur ranks. What do you think about the discussion a couple weeks ago when the Vince Frizzy thing and the Dean Wilson thing happened about having communications in the helmets at, at the pro level, like Supercross, if it was available to everybody, would you like to see it implemented there? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think it I think it takes away from the the peer side of the sport. I'm a I'm a peerist. I uh like I was bummed when everybody got electric start, you know. I was like, man, what? Like that's that's the whole point is who can get their bike started faster when everybody wads up in the whole shot and so okay. I think I I'm not a fan. I'm getting old, Trisha. I kinda would like to have an e start. I don't have one and I'm jealous, so <laughs> As I got, I've got maybe 10, 15 years ago, I'd agree on the E start, but not anymore. I'm, what do you think about the two way radios, Trent? Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, being a purist, it's, yeah, it's something. But again, to make the sport safer, to, you know, that could have, yeah, in hindsight, that could have half saved that incident that happened there on the weekend with McAdoo, could have saved the incident that yep. happened 
in the last few weeks if they had that two-way rodeo. At a pro level, yes. With these kids running it at local races, that's ridiculous. Like, right. I've, got, I've got two young kids, and I'm like, you go ride. I, you know, I'll help them if they need a hand, like pull them over, tell them something, let them go. But, yeah, doing it at that lower-level racing is, is out of control. Yeah, I do. I agree with you because had Alex – or uh, not Alex uh, – McAdoo had that in his helmet, his spotter could have said, red flags out, race stopped. Yep. And yep. – he wouldn't have been in such a hurry. And that system, uh, Scala, I think Scala is the company. I can't remember my buddy works for. He's the one that they used that system at monster cup a couple years ago. The moto concept guys t- tested them and they all pretty much liked it. It does work. Uh, so I, hopefully I, I think it'd be a good thing for safety. So I'm not against it. Uh, I think for the most part, that's going to be a wrap on this episode as far as the topics of the show from Monday night. I do want to ask you, Trisha, favorite co-host, I'm putting you on the spot, favorite co-host, if you have one, or favorite guest. Does anybody stand out as far as somebody that you just look forward to or have really, really loved? Pookie Count? Yes, absolutely, Pookie Count. Perfect, perfect. More Pookie. I absolutely lo- Yep, more Pookie. I love her. I love I love listening to uh, Kiefer and Heather. I mean, I just like all those guys. You a coffee, after, uh, definitely... coffee After Dark listener? Yes. Coffee. That's not it. Coffee with the Kiefer. I would Kiefers. say Coffee After Dark. Coffee yeah, with the Kiefer. I've listened to every I rebranded episode. it. Coffee with the Kiefer. <laughs> Sorry. What about Kiefer After yeah. Dark? Do you like the Do you like that talk? I like watching all the guys laugh their ass off. Okay. That is what I think is funny about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny shit. Uh, yeah, more Pookie for sure. Uh, for sure. Tits versus tits is a great game. Um, <laughs> I think the thing with Pookie, and I, I don't think it's Steve keeping her out. I don't think Pookie likes being on camera. She's uncomfortable with it. We've talked about it on Hello Pookie, and it does bum me out because I think she adds... I'm a big proponent of home life stuff also like i like hearing from the wives the girlfriends uh getting the other side so i think pookie being a part of the show is really fun you know not necessarily every week but more often than not um same question trent favorite co-host favorite guest somebody that really has just stood out over the years uh i am i mean chris betts obviously being in studio is probably a good one but i'm a massive chris keeper guy and i like what he's brought to the show also like he's bought the keeper after dark he's you know here in this show he's got ladies to come on here and speak about the show and things like that like he brings a lot more and you know again you don't want to hear from him every week but it's cool when he comes in because he brings something new the vietnam dick story that (laughs) is still the best segment ever yeah Uh, so yeah i'm not a big keeper guy i like i like listening to chris i like when he brings new stuff to the show and and makes me yeah, makes me laugh all the way through. Awesome. I'm a little bit mad at Chris Kiefer right now, but that's okay. It, it'll pass. They uh, <laughs> they have decided not to come to Freestone for the, the Spring Nationals. So, yeah, I just found that out this morning. I'm not super stoked, but it's a good reason. I think they're just uh, decided to not, you know, it, it's expensive, and I think they decided just to hold off. So, yeah, it's fair enough. I'm, I'm a little bummed. Okay, so, Trent, your first time on the wrap-up show. What would you think? Man, I'm I'm excited. This was fun. I like to talk about the show. I talk about it a lot with uh, with Nick, my co-host, and you, yourself. We seem to text all the time after the show, so it's cool to actually have an opportunity to, to have a bit of a chat about it, for sure. Absolutely. You guys, go check out the Moto Limited show. 
after you listen to Pulpamex and after you listen to the wrap-up show, go check out the Moto Limited show. And, and after the Pony Pod, we'll put you forth. But uh, Trisha, how about you, man? Did you have, or, man, how, did you have a good time on the, the wrap-up show tonight? Yeah, I did. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a good opportunity, and um, I'm happy you guys are getting more more chicks on here. Yeah, and, uh, hey, if you're listening and your chick wants to come on, or if you are a chick, all you got to do is reach out, darkside at pulpamex.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm making lists. Uh, I'd love to get some more females on. We've got one more I know for sure booked in a – well, uh, I mentioned on the show Monday night that a boyfriend-girlfriend couple was going to come on next week. But there's no pulp show next week, so they got bumped for a couple weeks. But we will get Jake and Jordan on soon. That's going to be fun. Um, I think that's it, guys. Uh, had a blast. Thank you so much. I want to thank our sponsors again: Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motorsport.com, Seal Savers, and as always, to support these shows, to keep them going, you got to support the sponsors. Go to PulpMexShow.com, click on the sponsor deals tab. There's links. There's discount codes, and if you you want a discount code or a to see if there's any help from a sponsor that's not listed, contact at pulpamexshow.com. And Steve's pretty good about getting back with people. So, yeah, support us, support the shows. Hit me up, darkside at pulpmx.com. Uh, and let me know if you want Hello Pookie segment information. Get it to me. We'll get Pookie back on. Other than that, it's a wrap right here. Thanks. Why would you want to re talk about the pulp show? Yeah,